What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode one of Believe Me. I'm Joe Serralo, and joining me are two legends in their respective industries. On the bottom of your screen, that's Brandon Lang, one of the best handicappers in the industry, and of course, the real-life inspiration for Matthew McConaughey's character in the movie, Two for the Money. And the other man we're sharing a screen with, the legend, the Pro Bowl NFL quarterback, and the all-time, all-purpose yards leader in the Big Eight. That's the man himself, slash Cordell Stewart. Gentlemen, I'm excited to be sharing a screen, sharing a show with both of you, but we are less than a week away from kickoff in the 2022 NFL season. So I want to start big, fellas, because I know that you both go big or go home. Brandon, starting with you, what's your best bet for the team to be hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy next February in Scottsdale? Give me a Super Bowl pick to start the show off. I'm not going to go obvious. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go the Chiefs. I'm not going to go the Rams. I'm not going to go the Packers. I'm not going to go the Bucks. I'm going to go against the odds. And I'm going to go with two teams. One's the Indianapolis Colts. I, I think Matt Ryan coming in with that offensive line, you know, Car I think we're all learning about Carson Wentz is that Carson was colorblind. I just think he, he, he saw the opponent as his team and, and just cannot help himself from throwing to the wrong wrong receiver, wrong team, and interceptions piled up. Of Matt Ryan, the stability of Frank Reich, listen, we all know the reason why the Eagles won the Super Bowl was because of offense coordinator Frank Reich. He's got the quarterback he wants. He's got the offensive line. He's got the running back. He's got the young defense. It's all right there for the upset, just like the Bengals last year who made a run to get to the Super Bowl. I think the Indianapolis Colts are my surprise. Don't be surprised to see the Raiders make some noise as well, which, by the way, are my pick to win their division at plus 575, which we'll get into later. But uh, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that's my surprise team. Matty Ice all the way. Cordell, what are your thoughts, man? Two long shots from Brandon right off the bat. We're coming in hot. Uh, are you going a little more chalk, a little more with a favorite? What do you think, Cordell? Well, well I, I tell you what. Uh, I like the conversation about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think Coach Wright, does a phenomenal job of getting his quarterbacks together. Uh, when it comes to playing the game, Matty Ice being that quarterback for the coach, but he would have to compete against a scoring juggernaut. That's in Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. How could you not go with Patrick Mahomes when it comes to the AFC, as well as even the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen? We see this team being as explosive as they are on the defensive side of the football, being able to create turnovers, getting points off of those turnovers offensively. The, the firepower that he has on that side of the football and offense when it comes to Josh, Josh, Josh Allen and company with the passing game as well as uh, the running game. But I'm still going to stick with Patrick Mahomey. But when it comes to the NFC, Julio Jones, I know he's been kind of gimpy over the years, but I think they have a great way knowing that Tom Brady is the quarterback. He's the, he's the grandfather of the league. He's the grandfather of that team. Rest is important. I think they're going to do a great job with him. I still think we end up seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the big dance going up against Patrick Mahomey and the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, a rematch of two years ago down in Tampa for Cordell. Brandon, you didn't touch on the NFC at all. You love the Colts. You love the Raiders. Are you riding the Brady train as well? No, I, I think their offensive line is going to be a problem. Um, it scares me right now. And if I got to go to an, a, a surprise team in the NFC, um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to surprise some people. The, the additions they've made on the defensive side of the football. Again, I go underdogs. I'm an underdog guy. I go underdogs. I'm not going Josh Allen and my homies, which as Cordell said, is the obvious choice. I'm looking for value. I'm looking for the underdog. I'm looking for the shocker that, listen, 
If we'd have done this show last year and I came at the top of the show and I said the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> Joe Burrows and Hollywood and, and that, I'm going, since everybody be like, man, you're crazy. Then they get there, you look like the God and the legend. So Colts, Cardinals, no shot whatsoever. But if it happens, just like that dime piece at the bar, if it <laughs> happens, we're where we need to be. I love it. I love it. Only problem there is I don't think Cliff Kingsbury can coach his way out of a paper bag. I have very little faith in that man. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray, though, he's got the arm. He's paired with Cordell. You know, you're a guy who had a lot of success in that conference. Kyler Murray in the Big 12 with Hollywood Brown was one of the best duos we've seen in recent memory. Hollywood, of course, with the Cardinals. D-Hop suspended those first six games. I think that their chemistry and their rapport is going to pick up right where it left off at Boomer Sooner. Gents, I, I hate to do this because typically I, I tend to side with Brandon and I tend to be a little more of an underdog guy. But Cordell, this year, looking at these odds, looking at these storylines, I'm going Bills and Bucks. I, I mean, and I know that there are two respective favorites, the Bucks at plus 900, the Bills at plus 600. Of course, all odds brought to you by our partners at BetOnline. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, for your first time 50% welcome bonus and let the games begin. So looking at these two, they're the two betting favorites, but I just think that all storylines, all paths lead to Tom Brady going up against a team in his final game that he's dominated his entire career. And I think the Buffalo Bills retire Tom Brady. You say Kingsbury can't coach his way out of a paper bag. I'll force <laughs> Tom McDermott and Todd Bowles to show me they can coach their way in big time ball games. Oh. How about coaching? Be a little careful there. All right, all right, I get it. You know, Sean McDermott let that game against Kansas City get away from them. But Cordell, I mean, you saw what happened that game. The firepower, Gabriel Davis, four tutties. I mean, come on, man. Buffalo's legit, aren't they? The coaches don't play the game. That's what we have to remember. We play to win the game. And it's <laughs> not the coaches that are winning the game. It's the players that's getting it done. Remember, in this league with how they play nowadays, it's spread offense, Right. Defenses are great. Buffalo has a phenomenal defense. We know the Kansas City Chiefs, they relied heavily on the offensive side of the football. When it comes to both those teams, I just think the team that can score the most will be the team that ends up winning that game. That's what it came down to the last AFC Championship game with the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs last year. If we can make a stop here or there with the, with the Buffalo Bills on, in the defensive side of the football, they win that game. Josh Allen brought them back from dead, literally, to give them an opportunity to win in the closing moments of that game. But I mean, come on. When you have Travis Kelsey, you have Patrick Mahomey out there actually playing the way they play. The matchup is a problem when it comes to who can cover Travis Kelsey. I just think the firepower. The only thing that can hold him back is injury, but that's another conversation for another day. But if we had to go off of two healthy teams in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs, I just think the arm the Kansas City Chiefs were there with Patrick Mahomey and, comp and company is second to none. I don't think no one else can beat them. Brandon, I'll let you get one more word in before we move it on. I'm going to say it again. Um, Patrick Mahomes is great. I don't trust Andy Reid. Listen to me. They don't beat the San Francisco 49ers if not for two batted balls. Because on both those third downs in the fourth quarter, Garoppolo had Samuel wide open in the middle for 20 yards on third down. Jones batted it down. On the next third down, they got somebody open in the slot. Kittle's right underneath. That's going to be 20 yards. If Jones doesn't bat those down, it's game, set, match, and the Chiefs don't even win a Super Bowl. So we're going to talk about coaching. I know coaches don't play the game, but they sure as hell call the game. 
I don't yeah. trust the big fella who ain't missed a meal since Christ came back 2,000 years ago. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man, going for the jugular episode oh, one. He went for the jugular. <laughs> Gents, let's go back into some win totals now. We've got 32 of them in front of us. Brandon, I want to know out of these 32 over-unders, which one is your mortal lock? You can bet your children's unborn, children's children, and their grandchildren into the year 2,227. The Atlanta Falcons will win more than four and a half games. That is their win total. They won seven or eight with half the team that they have this year. Mobile quarterback, the resurrection of Marcus Mariota, pits on the outside, an improving defense. Their win total at four and a half, children's unborn children's children and grandchildren on the, on the Atlanta Falcons over four and a half wins. I do like the Carolina Panthers over six and a half. I'm drinking the Baker Mayfield Kool-Aid. Every place he's gone, that team has improved. I'm not saying they got to win 10 games to make the playoffs. I'm just thinking, Baker, get me my seven. And I say Baker can get me my seven. Last but not least, the Raiders over under 10 wins. I'm drinking Devontae. I'm drinking Renfro. I'm drinking Waller. I'm drinking Carr. I'm drinking the offensive line. I'm drinking Josh McDaniels. Give me the Raiders over 10 wins. Cordell, lots to unpack there, man. What's your raw reaction? Well, I, I agree with him about uh, Baker Mayfield with the Panthers. We've seen what he's done with the Cleveland Browns. He brought life to that organization, even though he's not with them anymore. I think Baker, the Baker Mayfield effect, I think, will ignite this offense, will ignite this team. I think we'll get Christian McCaffrey the ball now that he's healthy. While on the football field, I do see, that, see them winning more than six and a half. Uh, point uh, games during the season and my Steelers they got us only at seven and a half what are we talking about here I know we're trying to figure out who the quarterback is going to be in Mitchell Trubisky or even uh, 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 Kenny Pickett but what I saw in the preseason not so much were they able to beat the blitz things of that nature it's just knowing where to go with the football we'll get to scheming and game planning as the season goes on but I think with Kenny Pickett being an older, an older rookie, let's say that, right? An older rookie. He's more, he's more mature than we think he is based on the title that he's given, being that he's in the first year of his football, his NFL career, which is a rookie. I think they have the pieces behind the center to help this team actually move forward. I give them more than seven and a half wins. I give them eight to nine wins, to be honest, to get them the opportunity to compete within this division because I think the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to be competitive. I think the Cleveland Browns, they have an opportunity to be competitive. And also the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson leading the helm have a chance to be competitive. But I think this team, this team and the Steelers will shock people more than they think. Seven and a half points is so disrespectful, to be honest with you, when it comes to the odds. I say they go over when it comes to the amount of games they win this year. Brandon, are you on the Steeler train too? Because I know I am, Cordell. I'm glad you brought it up. To me, that is the most disrespectful line out there. Mike Tomlin's a coach who has never finished below 500 they're saying the Steelers might go seven and ten look even if they do go below 500 I think it's an eight and nine team at worst the quarterback situation might be a big question mark but that defense I mean I'll be damned if they allow a touchdown most weeks Brandon what do you think about the Steelers you stole my line which is fine I'll allow you to steal it <laughs> Mike Tomlin's been there for 471 years Kyra was there for 500 years and Chuck Noll was there for 300 years I mean three coaches in the last 200 years 
that organization sticks to a guy. And as long as Tomlin has been there, as you just said, the man has never had a losing season. So for Vegas to disrespect the brother, putting it at that seven and a half, saying you are going to have a losing season. No, thank you. I will take the over. That is a great mortal lock call by yours truly. All-purpose yardage winner, Big 8, Cordell Stewart. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And there's a reason that that VIG is not great. It's only minus 130 to get him over 7.5 because Mike Tomlin has never gone under 500. Quick correction to one of your firsts, Brandon. Uh, I know that there's a lot of numbers in front of you. Raiders over under. This is going to make you look even better. It's only 8.5 right now on Bet Online. So you had said 10. Raiders over 8.5 on Bet Online. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, no worries, man. It just makes you look even better. I mean, this team yeah. is clearly above a 500 team. Let's yeah. talk about the Raiders. Let's talk about that AFC West because you've got four teams here that are all playoff caliber. It's very tough. Last year, I said the NFC West would have four playoff teams. Seattle fell off. They had three. Really tough to get all four teams in a division into the postseason. Can the AFC West do it? And Brandon, who do you think the best bet is to win that division. Is it the Raiders to win it or are they a wild card team? And are you going with Kansas city maybe to win that division? It's literally the best division in football. Oh yeah. You look collectively at the four quarterbacks that are going to go at it. Carr, Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. Six times beat the crap out of each other. So competitive. To me, it's the number one division in the NFL. And I'm telling you, I'm going to stick with the Raiders at plus 75. We already know Slash is all over Mahomie, 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 Mahomie. And that's fine. That's fine. I ain't hating. I'm appreciating. But for me, the value at plus 575, I'm all in on Vegas. Slash, what do you say? Are you in on Vegas or are you not taking them seriously with Josh McDaniels at the home? I'm going, I'm going with the Chiefs, man. I, I, I just, I cannot. Because here's a, here's a piece to the puzzle, and, and I think we talked about this a moment ago. Andy Reid, he is the matchmaker and creator when it comes to those types of problems, right? Uh, we've seen what he's done with motions and ships and, and coming off of bye weeks. He's the most winningest coach when it's time to coming off bye weeks and how he's won consecutively after that. I just think that relationship between those two and the bodies that he has on offense as well as on defense, it's going to take some time to figure it out because nothing's guaranteed. But if I'm sticking with a quarterback that I feel like can really get it done when needed for us being able to make it happen within that division, because yes, that is arguably, I won't say it's the most competitive division. I'll say they have the most competitive quarterbacks in that division. Think of any other, give me another division that have, household name quarterbacks within it with all four let's say in the top 10 when it comes down to the best quarterbacks in the national football league all four of those quarterbacks are arguably in the top eight for some conversations but in the top 10 herbert probably being on the back end of those top 10 quarterbacks but that's arguably the best qb set of qbs that we have in the national football league i still go with the kansas city chiefs with the guy that's been there and done that, not being hopeful, but feeling pretty good about themselves going into the season with what they have around him, led by the main man himself and Andy Reid. So look, if you're like Cordell and you think that the Chiefs won't skip a beat, great value there at plus 170. Even though it's the worst value of the four teams, if you're a Kansas City truther, go take him there. And if you're like Brandon and a little bit like myself, a little inclined to go plus 575 on the Vegas Raiders, look, guys, 20 bucks, you flip it to a buck 15. I mean, how do you go wrong there? I just can't 
trust the guy who's got Papa John's Domino's and pizza on speed dial. Just can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. I'm just, oh, I'm just, you're killing Andy Reid. He's one of the best coaches of all time, man. You're killing him. Hey, you're killing man, him. Can't buy Dunkin' Donuts without stopping. Next, let's roll. Hey, I've got to get to a team that I think is really being undervalued, a team we haven't even mentioned yet. I want your gentleman's take on the New Orleans Saints. Their win total is sitting at eight and a half. This is a team that last year lost Jameis Winston. They had to start Ian Book for crying out loud. This is a team that didn't have Michael Thomas, one of the best possession receivers in football the entire season. New Orleans Saints, eight and a half wins over under. I'm hammering that over. What do you gentlemen think, Brandon, starting with you? No feel, actually. You know, Jameis was off to a really good start in Sean Payton's system. Um, we all know Jameis had Carson Wentz disease the year before uh, in Tampa. I think he threw 31 interceptions or 20. It was some absurd amount of interceptions. Sean Payton and, and the season they got started off, he, no interceptions really, running the game plan, sticking to the game plan, and he gets hurt. If Jameis comes back and picks up right where he left off, I have to believe that that's a great pick because the foundation, both defensively, offensively, Kamir, offensive line, Thomas is back. Absolutely. It's all on Jameis, though. If he plays error-free, tough to beat. Slash can comment on this. Turnovers are killer in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position. If Jameis plays clean, that's another good one of overwins because the base of the Saints and their football team is rock solid as long as they get good quarterback play. Yeah, and and I, and I would piggyback off of that and, and add on add on to it actually. Tyron Matthew being an addition in, in on the defensive side, uh, I think that's an inspirational leader on that defense. He's a hometown boy. Uh, he's from the New Orleans area. Uh, he's really comfortable uh, in his community. Uh, the support system is going to be tremendous, and you better believe the pride and the ego of being home as well as having a chance to win with a Kansas City Chiefs team, he's going to take that energy and I think apply it to the secondary because that's been a big weakness for this New Orleans Saints team for a very long time. Uh, other than the time in which they had chances to go to the playoffs and go to the championship, I think that's been kind of the weakness of this defense when it came down to how well they can play. If they can get the support from that side of the football, use Alvin Kamara the best way they possibly can to get him the ball. Even if it's not James, James Winston, you have Andy Dalton as the backup. Now he's, he's a, he's a viable piece when it comes to being able to come in and orchestrate being able to win some games or be competitive still, because you're only as good as your backup quarterback is what I like to say sometimes when your team is struggling. But in this case, I do see the Saints, in my opinion, this is just me. I give them one, I give them a half to one more game more than eight and a half. I give them the over because I think it's going to be more competitive in the NFC South than we give credit to. It's not just going to be Tampa the whole way through. Yes, Carolina Panthers is going to be really solid with, with Andy, with uh, Baker Mayfield coming in, but I think they still play very good football there with that defense having. Uh, Tyron Matthew and also that offense is able to control the ball. And if Jameis can stop the turnovers, yes, to your point that you guys just made, they have a chance to be very competitive when it comes to playing in this division. So I think they go over eight and a half uh, when it comes to their wins. I love it. You got the hometown honey badger, played his college ball at LSU. 
On the offensive side, Jarvis Juice Landry, look, he may not be at his peak like he was two, three years ago. Another LSU kid. I think he's going to fit in like a perfect cog in the system. Chris Olave, the dynamic rookie with 4-2 speed. I mentioned Michael Thomas is a possession guy. Olave is the deep threat. I just think that they're set up. And even without Sean Payton, having Dennis Allen take this team over, I think gives them tremendous continuity. In fact, Dennis Allen is my favorite pick for coach of the year at plus 2,200. So let's get in to a player prop, a preseason player prop, gentlemen. MVP award. Cordell, going to start with you on this one. Who do you think the 2022 NFL MVP is going to be? We just went over the top players, 100 players in the game. And who was sitting at number two? Was it Aaron Donald that I saw sitting, sitting at number two? Correct me if I'm wrong. Am I right? Who was, I think it was, no, I think he was a defensive player. Aaron Donald sitting at number two. I may be wrong, uh-huh. but again, I've said this before. I'm saying it again. I'm going with a defensive lineman. I'm going with Aaron Donald, who I think is going to be the one who's going to be rock solid throughout the season. Every He's bringing the cavalry with him, baby. They're following him. He sets the tone. He's going to have three to four. He's still going to be at the tops when it comes to tackles. He's going to be at the tops with getting sacks. I just think he's a difference maker. It's no more hitting agendas anymore as far as trying to figure out, can a defensive player get it? I think he becomes the one in a very long time to be able to get the opportunity to be the MVP. I know we want to go quarterbacks. I know you two are. I know you two are. I know it. I know it. He's probably going to go with Carr, and I think you may go with Jed Josh Allen. I'm not sure, but I'm going to sit here and go with a defensive player in Aaron Donald. I'm done. I, have, I, I digress. Go ahead. The quarterback going defense. Brandon, who's your pick? Last year, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Devontae Adams was a major reason why. He won the MVP. Other receivers prosper when you have someone like Devontae Adams. The numbers that Carr and Adams put up together at Fresno State were insane. And I'm not saying Devontae is going to go for 130 receptions for 1,500 yards. When you got Renfro and Waller teamed up there, Derek Carr at plus 1,600 is my pick to upset the world and win the MVP. I love it. I love it. You know, Cordell, no disrespect. And I expected a quarterback coming from the man himself. Of course you did. The position. It's, of uh, course you it, did. It, it, it's a quarterback award nowadays. I mean, look, if Jonathan Taylor couldn't get a sniff a year ago, I don't know who else can. It, it, it's a quarterback award. And I think Derek Carr with Renfro and Darren Waller alongside, oh, by the way, Devontae Adams, I think he's going to have a 5,000-yard season. Brandon, I don't mind that pick one bit. Gentlemen, before we wrap it up, we've got two big college football games this week on the slate, starting with a top five matchup. Marcus Freeman's Notre Dame Fighting Irish heading uh, to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Brandon, take us through the numbers. Take us through the trends. Who do you like in this game? I'm going to tell you something right now. The offensive line and defensive lines for Notre Dame, especially their offensive line, one of the best in the country. I know it's hard to go against teams in the horseshoe, but that's a big number for a top 10 team. And I can't pass up the 17 and a half. Not a game I love, um, most certainly, but breaking it down, I just feel like that's a lot of wood first game out of the box. You're getting the hype of Ohio State. I get it, but I'm sorry. I just think no first game of the year. It's a bigger game for Notre Dame to compete and show than it is for Ohio State. That's a huge number. I'm going to take the dog plus 17 and a half. Cordell, what do you think about this matchup? 
I think it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. I mean, new head coach there in Notre Dame, uh, identity check, right? I mean, naturally, when you bring a new coach in from the success you've had prior, uh, you want to figure out what's the temperature like, right? So I think this is going to be an identity check when it comes to Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But Ohio State, you know, we know who they are. They're going to pound it. They're going to throw it, get it to their speedy guys on the outside. Special teams may be a big factor in this one. I just think when it comes down to this kind of a game between a Notre Dame team that I know it's going to be technique sound, they're going to want to come out and prove a point. It's a 60 minute game. You can't just play for the first half. You can't just play for the first quarter. I'm still sticking with Ohio State in this case. Um, they know that ramifications when it comes down to they win this game where it catapults them to because they're trying to play for the national championship. Notre Dame missed too, don't get me wrong. Uh, 17 and a half, <laughs> that's a lot, but I'm still going with Ohio State in this game. I just think this is the platform for them to show why they're considered as one of the premier institutions in the country when it comes to their football program. And that's just, that's what it is. Notre Dame's going to find their way. I think they're going to play really good in this game, but I still think uh, Ohio State and the Buckeyes end up prevailing in the end. Well, fellas, I'm here to break the tie, so let me do just that. I do think Ohio State wins. I think Notre Dame covers that number. I think Marcus Freeman is the best coach Notre Dame's had in a long time. I think he's a guy to get the players rallied and showing up for him more than Brian Kelly could, more than Charlie Weiss ever could. So I think Marcus Freeman is that dude in South Bend. I think Notre Dame's going to keep this closer than people anticipate. Brandon? A couple of numbers for you. Um, last year, Notre Dame 2-1 and, uh, two and one is a double-digit dog. Brian Kelly, nine and one in the regular season against the number his last 10. And Ryan Day, 11 and 13 against the number last 24 on the Vegas board. Five and six, his last 11 against the number at the horseshoe. So he made you money early in his career, inflated numbers. He's not making you money late. The value of the number, the value of the line tells you that the points are the way to go. Gentlemen, one last game in 10 words or less. Oregon's playing Georgia down in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Georgia's favored to win by 17 and a half. Brandon, will they win by 18 or more, or does Oregon keep it close? Bo Nix, baby. Bo Nix transferred from Auburn, went to Oregon, played Georgia three times, familiar with their scheme, familiar with everything they do. He will not be intimidated. Oregon's got 15 starters back from last year. They're quick. We all remember they went into the horseshoe, knocked off Ohio State, getting the same exact number. I will take Oregon plus the seven, eight and a half and show Georgia to show me first game out that they've reloaded. I'm going to take the points there as well. Cordell? Well, I tell you what, yeah, both Knicks may have come from the SEC, but the rest of, rest of them are still in the Pac-12. They don't understand what, what, the, what the SEC football game is all about. I think Kirby Smart keeps this thing going. I think in the trenches is going to matter. And the question becomes in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, will they open up the sky or will they leave it closed? Because if they open up the sky, it's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. And I think the running game is going to be the answer to this. I think they play downhill football. I'm going with the Bulldogs. I love it, gentlemen. That does it. Episode one of Believe Me in the Books. I can't wait. We'll see you next week for week one of the NFL slate. For Cordell Stewart, for Brandon Lang, I'm Joe Serralo. This is Believe Me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.